That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Johannesson owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles, the gem box, little wine shop that's inside of a restaurant called John and Vinny. And this is my podcast, Wine Face. It's the podcast where we take everything the experts know, which is, I guess, me, and we break it down for you on little digestible, snackable levels. Maybe you love food and wine. Maybe you just want to know more. Maybe you just want to impress your friends. Either way, I am here for you. If you want to find me in person, you can find me at Helen's Wines. We have a location on Fairfax or in Brentwood in Los Angeles. Otherwise, you can find me online, helenswines.com or on Instagram at Helen's Wines. And today, today is an episode I like to call Chardonnay. Why are you so misunderstood? Can't sing. Never said I could sing. But anyway, yes, today is about Chardonnay. Realize we never really done a highlight on this epic grape and a grape varietal that is so misunderstood. Most people recoil aghast at the mention of Chardonnay. They're like, Ugh! but listen, it's actually one of my favorite grape varietals. It makes some of my favorite wine. So vis-a-vis, we got to b- b- break it down so that everybody understands. And Chardonnay has been on my mind lately. You know why? Because some of the best Chardonnay is so elegant, so refined, so so just like je ne sais quoi. It's like lying in the most decadent feather bed. And every year during the holidays, it just feels like you need that kind of Chardonnay in your glass, like kick-ass Chardonnay, aka kick-ass white burgundy. So direct lead in to what the hell is white burgundy? Well, when you say white burgundy, that is like saying Chardonnay and it's just what the doctor ordered, but I digress. Okay. Chardonnay as a grape. It's green skin, but that's still a white wine grape. Technically has green skin. It kind of looks like green grapes that you buy in the grocery store. Slightly different cluster shape, but that color green. I know, crazy, but that's Chardonnay for you. It is originally from Burgundy. Yes, that mythical, magical place, la, 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 Burgundy. But now Chardonnay literally grows pretty much everywhere in the world. And we'll get into why that is. Burgundy is in eastern central France, I would say roughly. And it's like the mothership for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir for red wine. We're not talking about Pinot Noir today, but those are the two king and queen of Burgundy. When you go to Burgundy, it's like a about 30 mile stretch of 
this amazing Jurassic limestone cliff. It, that sounds extreme. It's not a cliff, but it's basically this underground continuous structure that the vineyards and hills that the vineyards are grown on. And some areas are famous for Pinot Noir within Burgundy. Some are famous for Chardonnay. Some areas grow both. But for all intents and purposes, Chardonnay, its birthplace, is Burgundy. How did that happen? I'm going to tell you right now. The parents of Chardonnay are Pinot Noir, the red wine grape, and a grape called Gouet Blanc. That's spelled G-O-U-A-I-S. So... Gouet Blanc and Pinot Noir, those are the parents of Chardonnay. Basically, way back in the day, the Romans brought over Gouet Blanc from Croatia when they started cultivating vineyards in Eastern Europe and in France. And so Gouet Blanc from Croatia, which isn't really widely planted today, but back in the day, I guess it was, it was planted near some Pinot Noir. So those two had time to tango and bam, Chardonnay was born. Just our beautiful, beautiful shardy we want to love. So that's the origin story of Chardonnay, where it came from. And I think that's also why Burgundy just feels like such a mecca for Chardonnay. It's because we're some of the most expensive and most amazing, and they don't even need to be expensive. It's just such a cool area for Chardonnay to grow because of the very climates and the limestone. And I mean, I think that's what is key with Chardonnay. Chardonnay is technically a pretty neutral grape. Neutral kind of sounds boring, but I think for a winemaker and a sommelier like me, when you think about a neutral grape... What that means is it is a terroir lover. It means that the grape, how it grows, is easily influenced by whatever terroir it's planted in. And now, sidebar, terroir is the geological substructure topsoil that the vines are planted in. And it also is sort of like a little more ethos around that angle of the vineyards, where the sun hits, the vibe, who's planting it, but that's terroir uh, generally. So it means if you're planting a grape in chalky soil, or you're planting a Chardonnay grape in limestone soil, or maybe the soil has more clay, the Chardonnay is very adaptable. It's very malleable to whatever environment or whatever soil that it's being planted in, which is why Chardonnay pretty much tastes super different everywhere you go around the world that it's planted now. And it's also why it's so specific tasting to an area like Burgundy that has such specific terroir. And now Burgundy, you know, it's like that 30 to 40 mile stretch. What's super fascinating about that is like far in the north, there's an area within Burgundy called Chibli. It's its own little subregion. And there's a heavy influence of limestone. There's fossilized seashells. If you have Chibli, it's always going to be 100% Chardonnay. And the wines are steely and minerally and crisp and higher acid, not as like fat and luscious. But if you go to the south, the area that flanks the bottom of Burgundy is an area called Maconay. And there's places like Poulet Fuisse there, but the Maconay, that is warmer climate. It has softer rolling hills, different soil structure. And those Chardonnay express themselves more like a typical California Chardonnay, lush, full, more round, more illusion of an oakiness, even if there isn't any there. So Chardonnay is kind of like Carmen San Diego. I mean, where in the world is Chardonnay San Diego? No, Chardonnay is just easily defined by the terroir that it's in and also by the winemaker. So there's a lot of choices that a winemaker can make, including what Chardonnay gets aged in 
that can totally influence its flavor profile vis-a-vis oak. And that's really where that butteriness comes from. So we'll get into that when we start talking about what happened with California Chardonnay. One big thing that people talk about when they talk about Chardonnay, and now this might be getting a little like wine geeky in terms of some things, but I think it's good, you know, sitting around the fire pit, just start talking about Chardonnay and can't think of Chardonnay without talking about malolactic fermentation. Am I right? So malolactic fermentation, aka some people in the biz will call it mallow. Did this wine go through mallow? It went through full mallow, no mallow. You know, people throw away those terms all the time. But technically what malolactic fermentation is, is it's a secondary fermentation in which the tart tasting malic acid that naturally exists in grape must is converted into a softer lactic acid. So a lot of white wines don't go through mallow. A lot of red wines go through mallow. In certain Chardonnays, that's where this like softer, richer, buttery vibe comes from is because the wine has gone through mallow and it's converted a lot of that sharper acid into a softer lactic acid. It's all science. Bill Nye, where you at? But not all Chardonnay goes through this process though. Essentially, it's a natural process that deacidifies wine. We're going to take a quick moment to hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. More Chardonnay in a second, I promise. I mean, everybody's talking about Zola. Am I right? Well, listen, let me tell you, if I was getting married, and I've recommended this to a few of my friends who are getting married, you got to get to know Zola. It's the easiest way to plan not only your wedding, but your registry. When you sign up with Zola, you get free wedding websites, and they have some of the most affordable invites that can match your wedding website. I mean, it's just amazing. Like getting married so stressful. You want it to be perfect. Why not have Zola help you out? And then you can stress out about having the dope ass wine at your wedding. Ahem, ahem. So the way to get started is just start by doing a free wedding website. It's really easy. It just takes a few minutes and there's so many designs. They're all beautiful. You can add photos, you can add stories, you can add recommendations for out-of-towners. You can address all the FAQs. Can the kids come? Do the I have a plus one. Then if you like what you see, you can add your Zola registry to your wedding website. So it's a one-stop shop for guests. They get the wedding info and that's where they also buy the gifts. I mean, it's so genius. The next thing is getting your wedding invites done right. They have so many beautiful options. And listen, the prices are so good. Wedding paper should not blow your budget at all. You get your free wedding website to start, and then it's an easy to build suite of invites. There's a free sample. You can pick up a single printed proof. You can do this all today before you even sign up. But listen to all my wine face listeners out there who are planning a wedding, build your free wedding website on Zola today and get $50 towards your registry. Go to Zola.com backslash wine face and get started today. Again, if you go build it today, you are going to get $50 towards your registry. So go to Zola, Z-O-L-A.com backslash wine face. I had a friend getting married. She used it. It was so much less stressful. Let Zola take the stress out of getting married. 
Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, the largest online career resource built inclusively for women. I also have the privilege of hosting our new podcast, The Females. We're here to help with real talk career advice from CEOs, authors, creatives, and other experts to give you real strategies for building a successful career all on your own terms. Each episode of The Females is sure to not only inspire, but also to motivate you to take action and move your career forward. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes and follow along on careercontessa.com. And now back to the show. Okay, that being said, Mallow is not guaranteed a part in natural winemaking. I just have to say, there's a lot of people to achieve Mallow. You inoculate with these Mallow-centric yeasts. I'm not going to get too technical on the pod because we're just talking about Chardonnay today. But you inoculate with yeast after the first fermentation to complete the process because if you increase the population of yeast, you have a better chance of avoiding some bad bacteria, bacteria that causes like mousiness. This is a much more complex issue. Maybe we will do a whole episode on malolactic fermentation. I just wanted to say you can't really talk about Chardonnay without talking about malolactic fermentation. A lot of times as wine is aging in the barrel, it goes through mallow fermentation in Burgundy and the wine gets cloudy. That's part of the process. And then it kind of moves through it and you can taste the acidity really soften out. It's kind of cool, kind of amazing. And not all white wine like goes through that or has the desire to go through that. So Chardonnay, as we've been talking about, is top dog in France in an area called Burgundy, right? It's where some of the world's best Chardonnays are made. And I think what's really amazing about it, as I mentioned before, is the range of how the Chardonnays can taste, like Chablis, super minerally, and also Poligny Montrachet, another area in Burgundy, very minerally. But the Chardonnays can also express themselves more round and soft, like in an area called Merceau, which is also in Burgundy. Or there's this crazy crazy nub big hill called Corton, the hill of Corton in Burgundy. And that Chardonnay is like powerful and bold. It's from the hill of Corton. And it's like, yo, we're here. We're badass. We're Corton Charlemagne. It's like wham, bam, full-bodied Chardy without any excessive influence of oak or anything. The other area, now Burgundy's top dog for Chardonnay, secondary top dog for Chardonnay is probably Champagne. A lot of people don't associate Chardonnay with Champagne, but Champagne is in France, it's north and west of Burgundy, but Chardonnay is one of the primary grapes that is allowed into Champagne. So champagne can really only be made technically of four grape varietals, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Pinot Blanc. The last one, very seldom and only in certain areas. So most of the champagne that you have is made from either 100% Chardonnay or some combination of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir in varying ratios. Chardonnay loves champagne. Chardonnay seems to thrive in the cool climate and in the areas of champagne that have heavily shocky soils, that's where Chardonnay really hits its stride. When you have a champagne that's labeled Blanc de Blanc, it's always exclusively going to be 100% Chardonnay. So, you know, Chardonnay is all up in the champagne world. But I think the most important thing to talk about is how did Chardonnay become like in the cultural zeitgeist reputation wise, what it is today. And now don't call it a comeback, but I think we're on Shardy comeback tour right now. So back in the day, 1976, Chateau Montalena, which is a wine 
producer in California. They went over for the Judgment of Paris. They went over and they won a blind tasting up against California wine, against French wine. And their Chardonnay won in the blind tasting over Burgundy Chardonnay. It sent the entire world into a California Chardonnay feeding frenzy. Literally, have you ever fed fish? It was like that, like, California Chardonnay. So much so that, I mean, it was just like insane. And people started ripping out their vines in California, planting Chardonnay, making jugs of Chardonnay. It was like Chardonnay everywhere. Much of that happened in the 1980s and 1990s. And a lot of the choices that were made in the 80s and the 90s is why people either love or hate Chardonnay. Because what started as an innocent goal in California to imitate French Burgundy style. And they're trying to imitate some of the best French Burgundies, like from Merceau, which naturally the soil creates this more lush sort of essence of butter, but not buttery. It gave way to just the train went off the tracks and California producers started ripening their grapes to a higher index. So higher alcohol levels and exposing the Chardonnay to new oak barrels and creating these insane, much richer, much more buttery styles. So that's what happened. And now we're sort of in a recession from that. I would say the trend is turning back to the Chateau Montalena vibe where it's like, let's just make dope Chardonnay that is into our terroir and is into not being crazy high alcohol and not being exposed. But I think those things take time. And I can't tell you what it was about the flavor of like oaky, full body, buttery Chardonnay that people love. And I have a few friends who they're like, I love a buttery Chardonnay. And I'm like, cool. You know what? Go on with your bad self. To me, when I taste one, it tastes artificial to me a lot of the times because a lot of them are artificially made. They're really heavily influenced by the oak and they're not really expressing any terroir. That's why Chardonnay is such a fragmented, emotional winescape for us to navigate together, but we can do it. There's really cool areas that are cultivating Chardonnay outside of Burgundy because Burgundy is really expensive. We always try and carry some that are a moderate price point, but it's really hard to find them below $30 retail. It's a very expensive commodity, but there are areas in the Loire Valley and the south of France and some smaller little satellite areas kind of near Burgundy, Burgundy adjacent. People are making Chardonnays or blending Chardonnay with other wines. Those are delicious, but Chardonnay is also grown all over the goddamn world. I mean, pretty much most of the wine producing states in America grow Chardonnay. I have been having some kick-ass Chardonnay from Ontario up in Canada. Super, super dope. New Zealand, plants Chardonnay, South Africa plants Chardonnay, Australia plants Chardonnay, Italy Chardonnay is planted sort of more northerly and it's delicious. It takes on a totally different expression. It doesn't taste like any Chardonnay you've had before. But listen, Chardonnay got a bad rap, but we're going to bring it back together. And when it's on, it on. And we are going to cultivate and find those dope-ass Chablis and dope-ass Champagnes where Chardonnay is thriving in the cooler climates and bring them to the forefront. Anyway, that was Chardonnay. Why are you so misunderstood? But actually, it's Mythbusters. Chardonnay is dope on a rope. Get behind it. This holiday season, treat yourself. Get your mind blown. This is Helen. 
Thank you for listening. This is Wine Face, my podcast that breaks down the ins and the outs and the upside downs no, of the wine world, giving you little snackable tidbits so you can digest them and understand wine a little bit better. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We would appreciate it and we would appreciate you. We want to hear from you. We want to know you're listening, see what you think. And you can always find me on Instagram at helenswines.com or at our website, helenswines.com and join the wine club. We're shipping nationally all over the United States. You can get more info on the website, helenswines.com. Later, my Chardonnay freaks. Thank you.